This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And now to some good news. Habitat for Humanity in the Greater Toronto Area broke ground yesterday on what will be its largest York region build. It is a six two-story townhome units. They're being built on Dalton Road in Sutton for working lower-income families. What's behind the project? How are families chosen to receive these homes? Do you have questions? Do you have comments? The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And with me here in studio, Ian Underwood, the CEO of Habitat for Humanity GTA. And on the line, one of the unit's future homeowners, Greer Atkinson. Hello. Welcome to you both. We're thrilled Hello. to be here. Okay, let's start with you, Ian. So how does this all happen? This is the culmination of a big project. Yeah, well, and I think you said to your listeners, what's this about? So it's about the fact that uh, so many households are struggling on uh, on having a safe, decent place to raise their children. So in the York region, which is where we're building this, this project, 52% of households are spending more than 30% of their income on uh, on shelter. And so Habitat for Humanity with this build is creating an opportunity for six working lower income families to be in a, to be build and buy their own home, uh, and be able to live in that home and pay mortgage payments to Habitat for Humanity that remain affordable and matching with their income levels. Okay. So I would imagine that you are deluged with people who want to get into this. Uh, you know, it's interesting is yes and no. Uh, the reality is because of the headlines about affordability in throughout the GTA, most of the households that Habitat for Humanity can help think that they could never own a home. So part of our work has been just getting the word out there that we have a unique, uh, social enterprise model that enables working lower income families to, to some extent, take what would otherwise have been rent, uh, and direct that into this partnership model that is Habitat, enabling them to have that stability of a home they own and to build equity while they are living there and raising their children. And how do you choose the families? So we have three criteria for families, uh, uh, need, means and willingness to partner. So by need, uh, these are families that are living in some combination of crowded or unaffordable or unhealthy or unsafe living conditions. So we're looking at is the need there. Uh, the second thing is means. So uh, Habitat can't help everyone. And our focus is on families who are working. So they have an income. It's a stable income. It's just not enough income to be able to uh, uh, qualify for a conventional mortgage. 
stage. So we are with each of our projects, we identify what is that income level uh, that would be sufficient uh, for these homes. Uh, and then the third is willingness to partner, because as you're going to hear from Greer and you'd hear from any other Habitat family, uh, this is a partnership. Communities get involved, individuals get involved, but the hardest working partners are the families, because in addition to paying the mortgage once they move in, they need to make 500 hours of their own time available as their sweat equity down payment. So not every family is willing or able to do that. So that's another criteria is, are they up for that? Okay, let's bring in Greer Atkinson. Hi there. Hi. Tell me about yourself and your family. What kind of work do you do? Where are you living now? And and how did you uh, get onto this? Okay. So um, I work for the Ogemawatch Tribal Council, which is a um, comprised of six First Nations. Mine is one of them, Chippewas of Georgina Island, which sits right at the very top of York Region and Lake Simcoe. Um, I work in education, developing uh, projects that support Indigenous education and helping Ontario and Canada learn about your neighbours um, living here with you. And so it's a great job. I enjoy it. Um, I found out about the Habitat for Humanity build through my community, actually. Um, leadership and uh, senior administration had learned of, of the build happening and really encouraged me to apply. And so I did. And I'm really happy I did. Um, just as Ian said, I think I, I fell into that category of people who feels like home ownership is, is unattainable. And, I, you know, you feel like you maybe are not going to be successful in your application. But lots of people are, and so I encourage anybody thinking about it to look into it for sure. And uh, how many people in your family, how many work, how many kids? So I am the sole provider for for my three daughters, 15, 8, and 9. Um, I moved off of the, the reserve, Georgina Island, a couple of years ago um, for a couple reasons. First of all, my eldest child, um, uh, she in grade 5, the kids on Georgina Island transitioned over to the mainland to, to finish their education. And so I, I came with her, basically. But also, my girls are... Um, it's very important to me that my girls stay engaged in things like uh, sports and competitive sports and music. And I was finding it very challenging. It's challenging enough as a single mom trying to, to, to manage that and a full-time job and, and a house. It's even harder when you toss a lake into the equation. And so I, I left the island and, and moved into the town of Georgina only to find that I really, as Ian said, I am one of those people that because I'm a single income and the GTA is so expensive, I found I could only afford or qualify for you know, a, a two-bedroom real fixer-upper, and it just doesn't wasn't appropriate to my family. So I'm I'm one of those that are, are renting. Um, you know, sometimes not. You know, people are good, but you know the conditions aren't always the best. I we are um, because the rent was low. I've accepted an accommodation that's. It's a bit tricky in terms of um, traffic, and certainly for the girls, not not as safe. And um, it's an older home, so it comes with all kinds of problems. Okay, uh, I think I have the picture now. Ian, how do you pay for all this if it's not a conventional mortgage? Mm-hmm. You fundraise. You know, what are this this um, project? How much is it going to cost to put up, and and how much does the charity have to put up? Yeah, so uh, homes are expensive in the greater Toronto area, which is why we're talking about affordable housing. So this project, it's a six unit project. The total uh, uh, accounting cost of it is over $2 million. We bought the land ourselves a few years ago, which leads to, well, how did we buy the land? 
homeowners pay mortgages. So we use the money from previous homeowners to be able to build land as well as some of the materials for future builds. So uh, homeowners, again, are a partner, not just in building their own homes, but the next home. So there's one source of how we pay for it. But we're a charity. And so it's absolutely critical that we have people that donate money, uh, businesses that donate building materials or donate electrical services or HVAC services. Those things are all critical to us as donations. And why? Because as we've talked about, when the homeowner first moves in, they haven't paid a down payment. They've done it with their time, but not with money. So that's why gathering money through donations and materials is critical. I should also say another partner is government. So we're working very closely with the town of Georgina and the region of Peel on how they can help us uh, with some of the fees so that we're paying fees later, or in some cases, you know, being able to get a bit of uh, relief from fees that you would normally pay for building homes. So every time we are building in Habitat for Humanity throughout Ontario. We are also working with the local governments of how can we work together so that we are enabling us to get more homes built faster. You, at the beginning, you mentioned that old standard of 30% of your income. Mm-hmm. I mean, my understanding is that that is completely out the window in this day and age, even for people who can afford to buy a home in the regular way in an expensive market that it's just not applicable anymore. Well, so you're right. It's a universal standard. It is what CMHC and every other housing authority uh, uses to to gauge core housing need. And I think there's also a difference, you know, when you're a household, a two-income household, that and those incomes together are $160,000, $170,000, buying your dream home and having half of your income go to it, you've still got a lot of income left, even after tax. When you are are a household making $42,000 and raising three children. 30%, you know, of $42,000 is a lot of money because you still have to drive your you still have to get to work, you still have to get food on the table for the kids, you have to respond to what's coming home for, from school of the demands of programs and other things. So, so I think 30% is a good thing for us to strive for so that people can take care of their health, can eat their the right food, can invest in the right things that enable them to be healthy and productive uh, in our society. So is that approximately the kind of income that you look at in, you know, $42,000 a year? Yeah. So it varies. As I said, it varies by project. And so uh, employment income of the families that we're working with would probably be in a 45000 to 65000 range. Uh, and uh, so, so that would be probably the range that we're in. And when you think of those numbers, you know, there's a lot of households that don't even make that. And so we're not able to support a $30,000 household with five children. Habitat can't, can't reach deep enough for that. Um, but a, a $65,000, a $45,000 employment income, uh, trying to spread that across a family of five is very, very challenging. Uh, 
before we go, we are running out of time. Guru Atkinson, uh, what's your timeline? When do you expect to be ready? What kind of the sweat equity are you, are you going to be plastering or painting or what? I look forward to learning a lot more about building. Um, I will do, um, there's also resource. You can volunteer some time in resource for people who may not be as handy with, uh, with tools and whatnot, but I really look forward to the build. Um, I know I have a lot of enthusiasm in my friend and family circles at also joining the build. Um, so I look forward to that. I look forward to, um, to those bills, actually. They, they seem really exciting. Um, there's other things. So, um, you know, being an ambassador for Habitat, um, telling my story, sharing my story, um, helping others, to, you know, to find Habitat is uh, also considered volunteering. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for that, Greer Atkinson and Ian Underwood, the CEO of Habitat for Humanity GTA. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.